I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. We are breaking down every position on the Washington football team prior to the fall camp, which actually opens up Friday, um, August 2nd. We have a press conference with Coach Peterson on Thursday, uh, the first of the month. And we want to make sure that we break down every position and talk about each and every player. Uh, most of the players that will be participating in fall camp, including the existing players, as well as the new guys coming in. Just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates, as well as breaking news alerts, shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. A subject line newsletter will make sure to get those out. We pretty much get them out at least five times a week during the weekend. Then if there's any breaking news alert, it's possible that you could wind up with a second newsletter during the day to make sure that if there's any commits, any attrition, anything like that that happens with the football, basketball team, or recruiting, we'll get you updated right away on on those uh, and that works out really really well today we'll be focusing on the offensive guards along the offensive line a lot of guys Scott and uh, Scott F seems to have done a nice job filling in with a lot of depth at the offensive line position oh absolutely and and you have to like the fact that he's got a lot of versatility in the depth that he has he has a lot of experience returning in uh, he's got all three starters for the interior guys, the uh, right, left and light, right and left guard and center. And and the center is an Outland Trophy, uh, you know, candidate. So um, he's got a lot of of really uh, talented guys at his disposal. Now he just needs to get some of those guys experience and figure out where they fit best. Let's hit the roster. Let's hit these guys. Let's just, you know, make, uh, you know, find out about a little bit about each one of these guys. Henry Roberts is a very highly recruited kid who came out of Bellevue High School. Played a lot last year at various positions. We have him listed right now as an interior guy at guard, but he can also pop out and play tackle. Yeah, and when we talk about the tackles in another podcast, we're actually going to talk a little bit about him there as well. But, uh, you know, he's a big guy, uh, six five six six, about 300 pounds, almost right on that 300 pounds. He's very smart. He's athletic. He's got all the tools that you want. But I think one of the things that really kind of hinders him and why he hasn't really ha- been able to break through and, and take over a starting spot is because he really suffers from a paralysis by analysis. It's kind of the same sin- syndrome that uh, Jeff Linquist suffered from, just uh, was processing stuff just a little slower than he needed to, didn't didn't really feel he can go on a gut instinct or anything like that. And I think that's been one of his, his problems. And so right now he's going to be a guy who will back up both guards Spots, and I think he'll actually slide out and back up both tackle spots at well. Maybe not be the primary backup out at tackle, but he'll be one of those guys who will be uh, in the mix for a lot of playing time throughout the season, but po- mostly as a backup where he subs in when a, when a guy needs a blow. Nothing like having a fifth-year redshirt offensive lineman for depth, and Henry Roberts is definitely a guy who can add to that depth. He's been through the battles, been you know played against Alabama, Auburn, the championship game, so he's been through those battles, been through those wars, and sometimes there's a lot to be said and, for experience. And Kim, you know, I, I don't know what eight years ago he'd be a starter and one of your key starters. And right now he's a backup. So that should tell you how Washington under Chris Strouser, when he was here now, Scott Huff, 
uh, when he got here, um, they've been able to really build up that depth and and really work on on getting guys in who are going to be able to play multiple positions, but also be multi-year starters. Nick Harris is a fourth-year senior. It all starts up front with Nick. When we were down at uh, Pac-12 Media Day, I I kind of I asked him about being the runt on the offensive line. He didn't like that, yeah. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but he is. I mean, he's the smallest guy on the offensive line, which, you know, he's just a really athletic, smart kid. Uh, it's funny because I just remember last year talking to him at the Rose Bowl and he's asked him about his nagging injuries and he says, I've been hurt since the eighth grade. I'm used to it. That's yeah. just the kind of kid he is. He is. And, and you know, I remember Chris Strouser and I said this in the spring and I'll say it right now. Chris Strouser told me after uh, signing day, he, he was like, you know, I know this kid isn't going to move the needle on the recruiting front for people, but he goes, this kid is special. He's going to be a really good player and he's going to be at least a three-year starter for us. Well, he was off by a year because he actually started as a true freshman, started four, either four or five games. I think it was four games, uh, two at left guard, two at right guard uh, for Washington, played in the Peach Bowl against Alabama, uh, has been through the wars, made the move to center last year. Year, had a really solid season, I think, and and a lot of people think that he's going to be that guy who's just going to come out and be the leader on this team. Uh, he's going to push his way into, I don't know if he's going to be an All-American candidate. He should be a first-team All-Pac-12 guy by the end of the year. He is a preseason first-team All-Pac-12 guy, but I think by the end of the year, he'll be that All-Pac-12 center in the on the, on the All-Pac-12 team, and I just... You can't say enough about Nick Harris. He just gets it done. He isn't. He's a grinder, and he's really good at working his technique and his angles. He's kind of an interesting guy. He's just kind of a tough guy. Never whines. Never complains. Just gets it done and gets after people. So, uh, we did a uh, podcast with him down at Pac-12 Media Day that we put up on on Saturday. But if you get a chance, listen to Nick Harris. He's a real interesting kid. What was funny was I was talking to him about going to Six Flags, and yeah, he was having none of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Luke Wattenberg is a really highly touted guy coming out of high school. Um, he had a little bit of an illness when he showed up on campus but uh, Luke Wattenberg is a guy do you see him as the backup center Scott is he the heir apparent there at center um well you know I I think a lot of people have thought that but I with uh Cole Norgard actually playing pretty well there you've also got uh Corey Luciano who I think is a natural center um he could actually uh come in and be that guy and you just leave Luke Wattenberg at his spot then you also have Miles Mural coming in in the 2020 recruiting class and he just committed to Washington just a couple weeks ago. He's the top center on the West coast. And I think he's going to come in and battle for that center spot. So the thinking I believe was that they were going to need Luke Wattenberg to move inside and play center and then maybe find a spot, you know, have a younger guy step in for Luke Wattenberg at left guard. But I don't think they're going to need to do that now with the way Scott Huff is recruited. Solid, solid player. Absolutely. And And versatile. yeah, and you mentioned the illness. I believe it was mono, but it might not have been exactly mono. I think there was some confusion on what exactly it was. I wrote in the the article that it was mononucleosis, but uh, that was just because that was what people were telling us. But then we heard that it might not have been exactly that. Anyway, whatever it was, the guy came. He was 275 pounds when he finished his high school football career. When he showed up at Washington, I think he was what 230, 235. He was small. Yeah, he was small. 
So he had to take a full year to recover. I mean, he didn't even really get the kind of reps that you would want him to get as a as a true freshman. So he he works all year, gets that weight back, gets that strength back under Tim Saha and his staff. Uh, so really starts to to press for playing time. Then Trey Adams gets hurt in 2017. And Luke Wattenberg steps in at left tackle. He struggles a little bit in space because he's not a natural tackle. He's more of a guard. Then last year, he steps in uh, at left guard. And um, I know that he had some missed assignments and and things like that, but everybody kind of has that throughout the season. He uh, graded out as one of the better offensive linemen on Washington's, uh, you know, group. And I think that he's a guy who is just going to be taking off this year. I think this is the year when he really establishes himself as a rock at left ha- uh, left guard, and he ends up starting there this year and next year and finishing out his career as an all-Pac-12 guy one way or the other. 6'5", 300 pounds, ideal size for an athletic Absolutely. offensive guard. So uh, Luke Wattenberg, I think, will be an all-conference um, uh, all candidate. Uh, he'll have a senior year next year. Still a lot of football left for Luke Wattenberg. Uh, another, another, I'm sorry, Kim, real quick. Another th- reason why it's real important for him to stay at left guard, if you have Miles Murrell come in and start, or you have Corey Luciano or Cole Norgard become first-time starters at this level, it would be great to have someone with Luke Wattenberg's knowledge sitting right there to the, their left where they can really kind of talk through things with them. Jackson Kirkland. This is a case of, a, of a Chris Peterson and Scott Huff taking their time on the evaluation process because Jackson Kirkland, I think he was a good prospect after his junior year, but things really exploded after his senior year. He was a guy who committed early to UCLA, didn't receive an offer till from Washington until late in the process, uh, flipped and came to Washington. He has got a chance. I think he's got a chance to be a big-time NFL player. I think he's got a chance to be a big time NFL draft pick. And he is just, he's a large human, Scott. He absolutely is. 6'7, 320 pounds, comes out of Jesuit high school, like you mentioned, Kim. And I, I still I have to tell the story every time we talk about him. I hope people are ready for the, that this for the next three years. But uh, when I called him and, and he's being recruited, well, who else from the University of Washington with the last name Kirkland? ended up com- coming to Washington from Jesuit. It was Andrew Kirkland. Andrew Kirkland, yeah. Yeah, and, well, Andrew Kirkland is African-American. So I so I asked <laughs> Jackson Kirkland if that was his older brother. And just, uh, just complete shame on my part. I didn't know he was Dean Kirkland's son. I didn't know any of these things. I'm just complete shame on my part. So... Anyway, getting back to his recruitment and things, uh, you mentioned it really, really well, Kim. He he was he kind of blew up after his senior year. Lots of schools started coming after him. UCLA uh, really convinced him that they were the right place to be. But then Washington comes in with the offer, and a week before signing day, he ends up committing to them and, and then signs with them. So um, you know, Washington really likes the fact that they were able to get him. I remember Chris Strouser because that was it was Chris Strouser's last class, right? And then he left right after that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he I remember him telling me on on signing day, he's like, he's like, yeah, he goes, we liked him all along. He just had some work he needed to get done um, that we wanted to see some progress on. And once he made that progress, we offered him. We didn't do it to screw over UCLA. We just wanted him to get to a certain level before we offered. And then when we did, we knew we were going to get him. So um 
you know, I think they the thinking was that he was probably going to end up at right tackle. He was a really good left tackle for Jesuit, but didn't really have the feet to play left tackle in college. So they thought he was going to end up at right tackle, but then they move him inside to right guard. And I think he's going to anchor that spot for the next three years. I think there's a chance he could leave after this year. It, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to play at least this year and next year. He just seems to have that mindset of, hey, I I, I want to – I want to grind here at the University of Washington. I want to help them do something special. And I'll tell you what, Washington, and and we're not really doing a prediction show or anything right now, but, you know, Washington should be pretty darn good this year. But I think 2021, we could be talking about a national title contender. And and they might be able to convince him to stay at least a minimum of one more year. And it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to stay, you know, all three more years because he's only a redshirt sophomore this fall. And also props to Jackson Kirkland. He's not just a football guy. He's a real good academic kid. Smart, smart kid. Yeah, good academics. Um, he He's, uh, uh, you know, and the nicest kid. Big goofball when you talk to him. He's not Caleb McGarry goofball, but he's a— Nobody's he's, Caleb McGarry nobody's goofball. Nobody's Caleb McGarry, yeah. But, I mean, he's a big goofball kind of kid, but really nice, uh, well-spoken and just gets out there and grinds on guys. Nasty. And, and yeah, you watch his film, watch his film. He's an old school offensive lineman. You used to, <laughs> you used to see guys like him on the Don James teams. Well, he's on this team now, and he's going to be a leader for Washington from a physical standpoint this fall. Cole Norgard is a guy that flew under the radar as, um, as a recruit, uh, redshirted last year. We haven't seen a whole lot of Cole Norgard. He'll be a redshirt sophomore uh, this coming year. So um, is this a year where we really need to see progress from Cole Norgard being the third year in the program? Yeah, I well, I mean, I, I think by the third year in your in your third year in a program, um, you really need to show the coaches that they need to be keeping you around. And I'm not saying Washington's going to go to him and say you need to leave or your future is not here, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to do that. They love the depth that he provides. But I think – He's in danger of getting passed up by guys like Corey Luciano, who we'll talk about in a second, or or Miles Murao once he shows up at the University of Washington. And Cole Norgard is a great kid, and they, they really like him as a practice player. He he does a lot of good things on the scout team and, and everything like that. And I think they really like what he brings to the table, but they need to see more progress from him. And he's got some work to do. Um, but, you know, he took over at center. He came in as a, as a guard, took over at center, and um, really started to get his snaps down last year. And during the spring, I thought he looked pretty good. So let's see if he takes that next jump this fall camp. And he might be that number one guy off the bench uh, if Nick Nick Harris needs to come out or, God forbid, he gets injured. Pete Woofs. Then we find out it's from a junior college center named Corey Luciano. <laughs> and we're all looking at each other going, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the funny thing was he was one of the top guys in uh, California, in the state of California from a from an offers standpoint, at least at that point. Um, he had offers from USC, from Nebraska. He was getting looks from other schools. Um, I know both Arizona schools were really liking him a lot. Oregon, Oregon State really liked him a lot. He actually played uh, tackle and right tackle, right guard and left tackle uh, during his one year at Diablo Valley. Um, And he was going to play last fall for Diablo Valley and then enroll at Washington in January with three years to play too. But the problem was he tore his meniscus um, most of the way through fall camp and uh, basically missed the entire season. So he redshirted and um, 
comes into Washington with three years to play three. So Washington gets the nice little benefit of a redshirt sophomore coming in instead of a true junior. And uh, he's going to be a guy who I think provides depth that all three of the interior spots. He's only about 6'3", so I don't think he's a, a tackle at this level. Um, but he he grinds. The coaches love his attitude. He's smart. Um, he can. He's a pick. Quick, he's a quick study. Uh, nose technique and things like that. He's a guy that the coaches think can be really special in their system. I remember right after he signed with Washington, Scott Huff couldn't have been more excited. He told me, he said, he said, this guy gives me so much versatility. You would not believe it. Corey, he's only listed at 275 pounds. It'll be interesting to see on Friday the look test if he has put on some additional weight. I'm guessing we're going to yeah. see a little bit bigger version of Corey. Yeah, Luciano. my guess is my guess is he'll put on 10 to 15 pounds and probably be at 285, 290, uh, which is fine. Yeah, and that's fine. You really would like to see him around 295, 300 um, by the time um, he's he's seeing regular playing time. And you know what? He's going to have a battle on his hands because Norgard isn't going to give it up. Uh, you know, give up a spot uh, just because Corey Luciano is really good. And Miles Murrell is going to come in and battle as well. So after Nick Harris is gone, that's when the real competition is going to heat up for those guys. But Corey Luciano is a guy. And I, I you know, for people might, who might wonder, uh, he is not related, uh, related to Lucky Luciano. I did ask him that. His father was a cop. He says, I don't think we'd be cops if we're related to <laughs> Lucky Luciano. So, um, or maybe he wasn't a cop. He was in law enforcement one way or the other. But anyway, that being said, um, you know, I, I just, I really like this pickup because it fills in that hole and the gap in Washington's, um, uh, you know, recruiting that they had that year where they only took Nick Harris and Luke Wattenberg. And the thinking was you bring in Corey Luciano and you put him in the same class because he'd be a true junior uh, coming in with, you know, and and so he'd be right there and be, be able to move out. But now he's a uh, redshirt sophomore. And so they get an extra year out of him. And it'll be really interesting to see how he fits right. in to the depth chart. Victor Kern is a guy that um, I find real intriguing. He's one of the guys that they pulled out of Texas he had some big-time offers coming out of high school. He redshirted last year. He has the build of a guard if you're going to draw one up. He's 6'3", so he's not real tall. He's about 3'10". I think that might be listing him as a little light, but uh, real interesting, um, intriguing prospect, Scott. Absolutely, and, and uh, you know, I listed it in the, in the story that he was the private school um, uh lineman of the year in Houston and, and you know there's a lot of private schools in Houston so that's that's saying a lot he he had offers from quite a few schools he did not have them from Texas or Texas A&M but Baylor Houston uh Texas Tech Oklahoma State uh LSU came in and offered him late in the process um trying to think Arkansas I know Oklahoma was sniffing around Nebraska came after him as well so um, Washington did pull a good one out of there. They did not get a guy who had Texas and Texas A&M offers, um, but he is a talented, talented kid, um, can really uh, get after guys physically. Um, redshirted last year. He's only going to be a redshirt freshman this fall, so we'll see how he how he does. But he he's a guy who can rotate between any of the four spots other than center, and I think the coaches really like the versatility that he brings uh, to, the, to the table. Now it's going to be just a play – a matter of finding out where he fits best. Also, um, you think uh, come Friday, he'll be missing the humidity at Houston. From oh, Houston. absolutely not. He said that was one of the things that appealed to him about Washington was not having to put up with 110 degree heat with 90, 90% humidity. Mm -hmm. 
Big so, guys don't. Big guys don't like hot. Yeah, weather. that's not big guy weather. That's Kim Grinnell's weather. That's, that's not, my weather. Scott, that's not fine. Scott Eklund weather. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a guy who I, I just he he loved everything about Washington. He loved the coaching staff. He loved he loved the weather. He loved the direction of the program. He loved the ability to come in and play pretty pretty early in his career. And uh, he's just he's got that mentality that that you're looking for in the in the you know okg the built for life stuff all that stuff that washington really puts out there he fit it perfectly um mj Ale, and we keep on talking about big humans he may be the biggest human he has the biggest calves of anybody i've ever seen and i've seen a lot uh is he a football player scott Absolutely a football player, really grinds and gets after guys physical. He's a mauler. He actually, you know, you put if you put MJ Ale and uh, Jackson Kirkland at either of the guard spots, let's say Luke Wattenberg has a great season and leaves uh, leaves a year early, which I don't think is going to happen, but I think he might have a great season, but I don't think he's going to leave early. But MJ Ale and Jackson Kirkland would absolutely be the biggest guards in the Pac-12. Um, if you, you know, one, six, seven, 320 pounds, the other one, six, six, 350 pounds. So, uh, they, those guys both can just get after it. They, they really physical. The thing about MJ Ali is he's relatively new to the game. He's only played for about four or five years now. And he's, he was more of a um, rugby guy before that. And, um, he, he just, he's taken a little while to pick things up, but net once he has things click scott huff just light, his eyes light up when he talks about mj ale he's really excited to see the progress that he's made getting uh, as we're getting into fall camp road greater absolutely down blocker supreme yeah um talking to uh blair angulo down at pac-12 media days one of the guys he was really excited about and i know that the washington coaches are really excited about and scott huff in particular but let me see if i i'm going to try not to butcher his name Troy Fautanu, I believe. Per- perfect, you did Fa-Utanu. it. Fautanu. Yep. You just have to be slow and pronounce every vowel. Exactly. That's exactly how I pronounce poly, na- poly names. So, uh, Troy Fautanu, you know, he's he's only about 6'3", 6'4", 275, I think, is when he, what he was when he showed up. Um, I think he's a little heavier than that now. Very strong kid, very smart, great football IQ. Um, faced off against... Uh, um, IMG's Nolan Smith. He was the number one recruit in the nation, signed with Georgia, defensive end prospect, shut him down in their meeting. And he also took on uh, Bishop Gorman's Tevin Mayai, Ma'ai, I believe is how you say his name. And he signed with Oregon, and he's a really good pass rusher. Washington actually offered him too, and he shut him down as well. Totally held his own against both of those guys, top-end guys, and uh, um, just really strong. Now, the one thing you, you say is, you know, can he play tackle? Because they've got him listed as a guard and a tackle. And at 6'4", he isn't an ideal height for for playing tackle, but his arms are longer than most tackles. And so his arm length is almost, um, I, I think they said uh, tip to tip, I think it was like nine and a half feet or something like that. It was something ridiculous. And uh, he's a guy who can play tackle if you really need him to. But I think guard is where he's going to settle in, and he's going to be a really good one. He'll also probably rotate in at center at some point as well. So can play multiple positions and be a really good player. If anyone from the 2019 recruiting class plays along the offensive line because they got four really good ones. I think he's the guy who ends up playing. Nate Kalepo. Um, yeah. 
Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? <laughs> and uh, boy, not seeing him out on Twitter very much like we used to. No, uh, definitely not that. You know, you asked the question, is he a guard or a tackle? And I think Scott Huff is still kind of in that in that question mode as, as well. Where does he fit best? Does he fit best at right tackle? I do not think he's a left tackle in high school or in college. I think he, I think he's definitely a right tackle or a guard. And I think a right guard, I think would be fitting of him perfectly. He's the same size basically in dimensions as Jackson Kirkland. If he thins down a little bit, he'll be the exact same type of player that Jackson Kirkland was, um, or is, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, I think guard is eventually where he ends up, but, you know, you could see him move out to right tackle at different times. I think during fall camp, I think we're going to see Washington experiment with him quite a bit in fall camp. And then in spring ball next year, we're going to see them experiment quite a bit with him because he's the only offensive lineman from the 2019 class that didn't enroll early. So this is really going to be their first chance to see him up against college talent. If you've missed any of the previous podcasts, there is a message board down there, just uh, the drop-down menu where it says boards, and uh, go to the lobby, go to the forum lobby on that drop-down board, and there is a uh, Dogman Radio Archives uh, message board out there where you can listen to any of the podcasts that you may have missed. One more reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. And subject line newsletter, we'll go ahead and get those out to you. Fall camp will be starting on Friday, press conference on Thursday, uh, August 1st. So just make sure and keep us tuned in here from the guys from dogman.com. From all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs. <laughs>